Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. This is the podcast dedicated to the worship and over-analysis of the facts of life. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with a fellow artist and we watch an episode of the show, hit record, and then we talk about it and a lot of other stuff. My guest today is Paul Padilla. Paul is a super talented musical theater guy. He's a full-time equity performer at Walt Disney World, and I've seen him in a whole bunch of regional theater productions and fringe festival shows. The episode we watched was season one, episode nine, called Flash Flood. And if you don't remember this episode, it's the one where there is a flash flood. Mm-hmm. The original broadcast date was April 11th, 1980, and I'm ready to jump on in. Here we go. This is me with Paul Padilla. So here we are with Mr. Paul Padilla. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Um, Paul contacted me <laughs> about doing the podcast. We are sort of peripheral friends through the Orlando Theater theme park community. Yeah, we are. And But you... I didn't realize till tonight you heard about the podcast. I heard about the podcast. I, you know, now with uh, social media, Instagram, if you like something, it kind of knows you like something. And then, you Mm -hmm. know, you get these advertisements for things. And I got this, I mean, I am a big fan, you could say, of the facts of life. Um, Yeah. And so have been my whole life. Uh, And uh, yeah, you know, Instagram's kind of said, oh, you might like this podcast or Facebook. And I thought, oh, fantastic. There's a podcast about every episode of The Facts of Life. This is like, you know, my dream come true. So I just got so excited and I couldn't wait. And I was like, I'm definitely going to be listening to that. Uh, and because uh, I do know every episode pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then uh, you, David, uh, posted on your social media about the podcast. Yeah, you were, I shared the podcast yeah, post to my personal page. That yeah. you were starting and that it's going to be dropping soon and and then I went, wait, that's the podcast that I was extremely excited about listening to. And I actually know you. And we're both in Orlando. And and you wrote to me and said, <laughs> I am a freak for this show, just like you. Everybody knows that I and, am. Yeah, and yeah. so you said, you know, you just said you couldn't wait to, to, listen. He, to listen to yeah. it. And then you said, and if ever you wanted someone to be, I was like, oh, If you bring want somebody it. to smart talk with, you know. and Bring it. I need someone yeah, to make me sound it. comparatively normal. Because yes. from what you've, what you've told me is that you watch it. Daily? I probably watch it daily. You know, it's like one of those things like, you know, you can put on the background while you're getting ready for work or you're doing something. You know, uh-huh. I, it's one of those, it's, it's like a comfort food oh, for yeah. me. It's a comfort thing just to have, you know. Uh, I'm sure, you know, many shows like this, like The Golden Girls and oh, like God, Sex in yes. the City and those kind of things with very much the same format with, you know, women or four friends or mm-hmm. eventually when it becomes four friends, uh, you know, they're very successful. And so those are just kind of like comfort episodes that you can put on. And uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of how it happened. I started as a kid, you know, I started watching it. And you watched it when it originally ran, in prime time, the first go around, as I did. I did, yeah. And it was just hilarious to me. You know, I went to Catholic school and I didn't, uh, nobody that I went to school with watched the show, really. It was me. It was me. I was the the kid who uh, would stay home and watch the episodes yeah, uh, and uh, not go to parties or not go to dances because wow. I had to be home to watch it on prime time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. the TV is our friends. We, yeah, absolutely. That's a recurring theme that comes up often on this mm-hmm. show is the, I didn't really have friends, so yeah. Blair and Joe and yeah, I mean, Judy I, and Natalie were I my friends. friends. They just were yeah. really interested in the facts of life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm there with you. So um, 
we can jump right in here. The episode we just watched is season one, episode nine, called Flash Flood. Yes, I was very excited that I was uh, here for that one. That was always a good one. I liked that one of um, the first season. Yeah, it's interesting. I do, for how terrible the first season is yes. in general, there are always glimmers of hope. And this is one of those episodes where it's like, I think I kind of like it. It could have been executed better, but yeah. the ideas were right and true. And this was and episode good. nine, correct? Of the series? Of nine. This is the second episode that has a little joke bumper before the opening theme. Which I hadn't seen in forever, and I forgot about, to be honest. Because uh, when they're in syndication, when they started re-running them in syndication, all that stuff was cut for yeah, time. Yeah, they cut those things off for time. Uh, yeah. I, I talked about that and wondered that, but... Yeah. This was part of the throwing stuff to the wall, see what sticks. Mm -hmm. They did this for episode six, and then that's the one where Blair has Barishnikov's phone number, remember? And uh, she gets his answering machine, oh, which right. was 1980. Oh, my was God. the thing. He was the thing. And answering machines were still very new. Yeah. So the idea was, you know, you know, he picked up the phone, and I can hear him talking. Oh, my God, yeah. it's him. And, oh, it's his machine. Wah, uh, wah. Yeah. So then episode, episode eight does not... And now, I'm sorry, episode yeah eight does not. Now this one, episode nine, does. And I don't believe any future episode for the entire rest of the series yeah, does never, this. Mm -mm. I, I don't quite... It's one of those where you wonder, did they did the episode run so short, short on time? Might they be. were like, get them in front of the camera, yeah, do, do another something. joke, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, it might be. Because it's definitely not related. This is one where we get... Um, the version of Molly we get that I think they've locked in at this point is feminist mm, Molly. Totally. And she's talking about how sex, 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 that's mm -hmm. all you see in magazines. And um, I've talked previously about we had chatty Molly. Yes. And um, I know we do have an episode coming up that's just about her. I think it's her parents are getting, getting a divorce. divorce and, Molly's yeah. holiday. Yeah. So we're, um, we're, we're coming up to a Molly-heavy episode, and I, I look forward to revisiting that. She was but, very much into her little guitar, ukulele, whatever, whatever she was playing. Ukulele, yeah. Uh, ukulele, uh, the, yeah. The Joan Baez and, like, type and of 1979, yeah, feminist, yeah. yeah, music, yeah. And in this tag, the big build-up to the punchline of the joke is Mrs. Garrett is, oh, you're, you're talking about Bo Derek. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I'm talking about men. And so Mrs. Garrett starts to list off the sexy men of the day, including Robert Redford and mm -hmm. John Travolta. Mm -hmm. And nope, the punchline is Dan, Dan Rather. Rather. <sighs> <sighs> Again, mean, the middle-aged yeah. writers trying to write yeah. for teenage girls. Yeah. It's yeah. just sad. And and then Mrs. Garrett says, oh, and he's a catch, and he has, what did she say, $8 million? $8 million. Dollars? I $8 guess million. Was, so clearly he had just struck a deal, and that would have been CBS. Dan Rather was CBS. CBS yeah. So that's a, that was a competitive network. That's, that was a lot of money in 19... Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money now, but it was yeah. a lot of money in 19... Yeah, well, I mean, but he was, he was it. I mean, he was literally the success, successor to Walter Cronkite. He was the closest connection we had to... The days when the evening news was yeah that was the, it that's how you, that's how you found everything the out only that in the way. newspaper in the morning and yeah. like you needed to be a trusted presence you needed to I mean there were so many boxes that had to be checked off mm -hmm. for a uh, network evening newscaster that was you know they were like oh we got it he's Pay one of those well. people back then that because there was just a very limited number of places you could get the news like if something bad happened and you had to hear some bad news. You wanted that trustworthy that, person yeah. that, that you, that you, you know, uh, really like and trust and uh, yeah. makes you feel better somehow, you know? Yeah. You know who would have been a great newscaster? Who's that? 
Mrs. Garrett. Ugh, are you kidding me? You want someone to break bad news? Bad, to, you Mrs. want to G. tell you, Give it to me straight, Mrs. G. Yeah, give it to me exactly. straight. Yeah. Do you do you do an impression of Mrs. Garrett? I don't know. <gasps> You're the first one. Uh, uh, no, I mean everybody always just goes girls, girls. But I just uh, you know, uh, it's funny because uh, you know there's some of her quotes I think are hilarious. That oh I God, do. Yeah. and like uh, you know, um, especially in the earlier years too, when she was still kind of Charlotte Ray the. The theater billion yeah. type uh, yeah. person, you know, that's that a good, she, good yeah. way to describe yeah, her. Yeah, she yeah, had very yeah. broad, she, real big comedy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, there's there are people have said how the '70s was this weird mishmash time of television because the people still working and writing in television in the '70s. The, the old people in the 70s were the people who created television in mm-hmm. the 40s and 50s. Sure. They were still working. That's why, I mean, in the 70s, you could have Donnie and Marie, these kids with a variety show, and on it you would have Milton Berle, Kate Smith, yeah. and all the old-time comics. It was this bizarre connection, handing, passing of the torch and I think, I think that's why the variety shows are so appealing and so fun to look back on, because you're like... They're like, how in the hell do we put together a medley of Beatles songs with Cher, oh, Tina yeah. Turner, oh, yeah. Kate Smith, and Tim Conway? Yeah, I mean, I can do be, it. I can be in my apartment for two days watching YouTube because you know it takes takes you down the, oh, that, that the rabbit that hole. Rabbit hole, and you're just you're like, what what the hell was that? You know, yeah. but it's some random thing, you know, just random. Uh, yep, combination of people from. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a, it was an interesting time, and I I like that I grew up during that time that Me I too. have that. That was, in some ways, it was an education about old school mm-hmm. because so much of the variety shows were, can you tell I'm a big variety show yeah. freak as well, but so much of the variety shows is old school vaudevillian stuff that's just been adapted and updated. Right. And I mean, I, it was I know, a simpler time and I'm glad that I got to experience a lot of that too. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of my comedic sensibility came from yeah. that and has served me well yeah. in, in my performing. So we start off the episode with it is raining and we get an exterior shot of the Eastland dormitory with rain. We had the first appearance of a nighttime exterior uh, still in the previous episode. So only in episode eight did we ever see what Eastland looked like after dark. After dark. This time we get Eastland after dark with rain. Rain. Yeah. They got more budget, man. That's right. They could pay for rain. They could pay for a horse. (laughs) They could pay for... Uh, <laughs> but what is happening is we learn that it is a terrible rainstorm. The governor has declared it a disaster area. It's clearly a bad situation. Pause. We will pause before we even start okay. so many times. Number one, Peekskill, New York. Yeah. Peekskill is not that far outside of New York City. No. Are they really that subject to... Is flash flooding a thing? I don't think so. I wouldn't think so. In Peekskill? I just wondered if what the topography was, what the situation... I mean, it's not like Syracuse. It's not that far out of the city. We're not upstate. We're not in the mountains yet where you could be in a low point where there could could be be. issues if there was a lot of rain. I don't know. If if you know some issue, if if you are a Peekskill expert, I would love it no. if you're listening to I this show. There being hills someone and stuff, write into me. But yeah. Write into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, the the crisis that is about to happen involves the girls in the dorm and the barn, right. which raises the question again: How big is Eastland? 
is there not another dorm? We know we've seen other girls in the classes, but all that it in this episode, it is as though only this dorm exists and only these girls are students who are affected. Right, right. That's it. That's yeah, mm, yeah. They they couldn't have mentioned another building. Another, or, the other building's doing fine, or the other it, building, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's it. But we've joked about how career day was lawn chairs set up in the living room yeah. of yeah. the fucking girls' of, dorm. Of it's course. like, really, guys? Uh, but that's a constant thing that comes up in season one. As and you just answered my question. I was going to ask you if I could say, like, shit. I was about to yes, say shit. And then I stopped it. and I said something you else instead. Say shit and, so, and fuck. Okay, thanks. Yeah, now please don't say cunt. I that's won't. a terrible <laughs> word and people hate I it. I would never. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we have the pandemonium. Uh, of all of, well, it's raining outside and everyone's going crazy. And a great line from Duty. Someone says, Tootie, it is raining outside and we may have to leave. You really should take your skates off. Uh-huh. And Tootie says, if I take my skates off, I'm going to have to learn how to how walk. walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <sighs> and you're like, yeah, true, because we have literally never seen her not in those skates. Yeah. She, we've watched her go up and down the stairs, and she does it again here. Yeah. And, and they say, you know, they say that it was because she was so short that they were trying to figure out a way to get her to be a little taller because she yeah. was the youngest one. She was. But it was, yeah. 10 playing yeah. 12. Random. Yeah. I mean, I know skating was big back in the day, but. It, it, yeah. You know, but. You it know. was, it, it was, I mean, it did. And if that's what put her on the show, if that was the difference between we can use this actress and we can't. It was the right decision. Yeah. Because yeah. She was great. That, that she lasted and she was and as I good as she that, was. And I think that that line actually was cut when they went into syndication because it was kind of newer to me, that line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I would record the syndication oh. episodes on videos. In, and so I would just watch them over and over they and over again. them back. So I think that that one they cut because when I heard it tonight, I was like, oh, I don't quite remember that one as much. So Interesting. Yeah, so they cut that line for time. I hate that they do that, but it's yeah. all because of commercials and yeah. money. And yeah. So we have this general pandemonium going on. Where yes. there's a question of they're looking outside the windows, they're saying the water's rising, I hope uh, the dam doesn't break, the creek is rising. And then Blair says, who knows what this is going to do to my hair, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Character-based comedy, that yes, is where you yes, succeed, yes. facts of life. She did flip her hair a lot this episode. And um, what we end up discovering is that the barn is also in danger. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, Tootie says she's got two rabbits out there, and she wants to make sure they're safe. And Blair, is it Blair's horse, or it's just... A- I, I I always just took it as, it was Blair's horse. She took care of it. She probably had money and had a horse. And, her and, horse's and name brought is, a horse to school with well, her? You know, she's Blair Warner. She's got, she, she's an heiress I mean, of Warner yeah, textiles. I mean, I know she's got the money, but... Yeah. So we have know. Chestnut the horse, and then the rabbits are, of course, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and, and Juliet. And a, like a black one. And, and what's, one. what was the horse's name? Chestnut. Chestnut. Yeah. That's right. I did not have all the, the notes I take I, that I didn't write down. <laughs> um, I don't know, Chestnut. Yes. So um, with uh, with the pandemonium of the rain come the accompanying jokes. Uh, Nancy mentions that uh, Roger, she left her coat in Roger's car. And we never do meet Roger, do we? No, but she's so boy crazy for Roger. I mean, you know that she's doing some stuff with Roger. Like, uh, but for him but be- is she? Because we just had the sex education episode. Uh-huh. And she implies that there's been pressure from Roger, but that right. they haven't done right, it. Right, they haven't. Right. We wait the, till you hear the sex education like episode. We talk a lot about. It. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, that's um, right. But we we continue the enigma that is Roger. Yes. That is one good running joke. Yes, and um, because once Roger first is mentioned, every episode has her on the phone with Roger, uh-huh. and um, there is a perfect moment later in the episode where she's on the phone with him, 
And that's when the phone goes dead. Right. It's like, oh, good, good device. Yeah, we and, have that. Use and Roger it. actually, like in season three, or he even still shows up then. Like for at one point, you know, which is or one, two or two, season two or three. He, Does she mention him in two? Uh, Blair goes uh, on. It was trying to go on a date to go see Barishnikov. Uh, with Roger, uh, and then Nancy finds out about it, and she's really upset, and and then she puts ice down Blair's shirt. Yeah, but that's like oh. season two, three. But she's like, I don't want Roger. She's like, I want Barishnikov. She's yeah. like, I'm not going out with Roger for Roger. I'm going because he has tickets to Barishnikov. But that's later. I vaguely remember yeah. that. Again, yeah. this is my, yeah. me, this is me discover, rediscovering I have a the life, show, listeners. I really promise, I do. <laughs> Um, so Molly comes down and she's got a walkie talkie like you do. Like you do. Thanks, Molly. She's Thanks, Molly, for having that walkie talkie. Good thing you're a feminist. They would have been dead if without Molly. I mean, yeah. Molly, so she had her. a walkie talkie and yeah. that was good. That comes back later. But she does have the ability to report that some place had re- had been evacuated and they were only five miles away. So Correct. it was, okay, shit is getting closer and we need to be ready to do something. Thank God Mrs. Garrett is calm. Mrs. Garrett is Always the calming come. force. Mm-hmm. And then she mentions, well, where are Blair and Tootie? Oh, right. Because they were told, do not go. They were told, do not go to the barn, even though you're concerned about your animals. But guess the what? The dam's going to break. They do. They go. They go. And so when Mrs. Garrett notices they are not in the room, like, you know, not not the, they just went up to their room. The, right. Where are Blair and oh, Tootie? Oh, she's studying. Of yeah. course she is. Blair doesn't study like that. No, we know that. And Tootie's taking a long shower. Yep, so Sue Ann lies on their behalf um, because Sue Ann is from the Midwest. She's the farm girl, and they are such liars. And over-actors. Oh, Sue Ann, yeah. (laughs) Sue Ann is my least favorite. As as I am re-examining and re-experiencing this season, I'm like, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was just a lot. I mean, you never know. She might listen to this. We don't want her to think that, you know, we're just, you know... And Sorry. what is Sue Ann's name? Is that Julie Pekarski? Yeah, 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 yeah. Julie Pekarski. Mm-hmm. She was in the Mickey hey. Mouse Club with Lisa Welchel. Yeah, with Lisa Welchel, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And hey, you were 16 at the time. Sure. I'm only judging you for your talents and then, not yeah, for your talents now. Of course. I was pr- the same yeah. way, I'm sure. And you do come back in a later episode in a later season. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie, still unimpressed. <laughs> um, so Nancy goes outside to, because Roger's going to drop off her coat. So she's like, I'm going to go meet him outside. Yes. And she comes back in the hilarious joke. She's completely Comple- wet I'm from drenched. head to toe. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think this is what's going on with the show right now is I think they also are, were not sure who their audience was. Right. I think they had a sense of, well, there's the old, there's the saying somewhere that everything on network television is gauged to an eighth grader. Right. And I think... This was the point where they realized they had to have slapstick. It's like, well, if you have kids on the show, kids are going to watch the mm-hmm, show, so mm-hmm. we have to appease them. But, oof. Yeah. But um, no, that was funny. A funny little moment for Nancy. Yes. Uh, the dam breaks. I forget how we learn. Oh, Mr. Bradley. Does Mr. Bradley come in? I think he comes in. Yeah, he comes in and yeah. says that. Uh, he hopes the dam doesn't break. Then he goes out and he comes back in. And and he's like, like damn broke. it, the dam broke or whatever. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, and then, of course, Sue Ann... It's like, oh, no. The girls are out in the barn. <laughs> so we have to, Mr. Bradley has to deal with that. Yeah. Yes. And then we go to the barn scene where Blair and Tootie are tending to the animals. Romeo, Juliet, and Chestnut. And Tootie is walking on hay in her roller skates. Hey, She's no. During a flood. On hay. During it's, a flood. Like, you don't want to be not, weighed down during a flood. It's not just the impracticality yeah. of... Of the real life application of this could happen, this could not happen. There's just the sense of 
how did Kim Fields not break her neck going up and down stairs? Yeah, and I, you know, she said in interviews how hard it was to go up and down the stairs and how she had to learn how to do that. But I mean, I was watching today her feet. I'd never done that before. And she was like, poor thing. It was like trying to like I, twisting her ankles and trying to a, like get up and down. That was a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. They are very lucky yeah, I that they got through yeah, these episodes. I think she was 10. Uh, yeah, resilient. she was very, um, yeah. her, her bones were soft and yeah, didn't yeah. break. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be out for six weeks now if something happened to me on those yeah. stairs with skates. And then we have a horrible moment where, Bra- uh, blah, where Blair looks out the window and oh, yeah. says, oh no, uh, you know, well, we're, we're going to, you know, save the animals and oh no, <laughs> the water's risen and I think we're trapped in here. Yeah. And then she does her hair back for that one. Yeah. yeah she does flip her hair back after. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, but then she goes to Tootie and says, "We're trapped," mm-hmm. and they hug they in do. fear. Yeah, in in just a horrible like that is a less than community theater amateur like yeah. who blocked yeah. this? And they have they do have blocking issues, not just with this season, but other seasons where yeah, you know, you have to be like, let me stand with my. They folded their arms a lot and like, yeah. looked out into the distance, yeah, studio audience because with their problem, yeah. Yeah. But in this case, it was, we're trapped. What do we do? And they they hug, like, yes. I'm scared. Hold me, Hold kind me. of a yeah. trope. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, come on. Well, in comes Mr. Bradley. Mr. Bradley. And he very quickly takes control of the situation yeah. and says, okay, we have to start. And again, I don't know from floods. I'm from New England. We didn't really have We had a lot of floods in Texas. Floods. So, yeah. But so I don't, I know about sandbags. There mm. are sandbags you basically stack and make a wall and mm. make a little you know, removable dam, but there's also something to do with digging, like digging a I guess thing? Like, like a trench, I a guess, trench? so that you I, can, yeah. But anyway, Mr. Bradley takes control, and um, as uh, as he begins to take control, Blair very quickly starts looking at him a little starry-eyed mm-hmm. and a little, you think of everything. Right. So strong. And then he says, you do this, and... Tootie get the door and all that, and Blair says, he's terrific. Or She says, Tootie, I realize he's not just Mr. Bradley or the, the headmaster. She goes, he's a man. And the audience goes, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blair's so, noticing so something's he's happening. a man. But and, I, and I think I told you uh, a little bit earlier, and it's true, though, as, you know, a young gay boy in Texas, you know, I started seeing Mr. Bradley in a little bit of a different light as well uh-huh. during that episode, you know, because he he took off his shirt and he had his tank top on and he was getting ready yeah. to stay of the day. So yeah. I, Not, I felt a little something for Mr. Bradley. That's the only time I did, but I it, did. I agree that yeah. this is one of the few moments where he's initially he started off as the progressive right with Miss Mahoney to be the traditionalist yes. and pit them against each other quickly we get rid of Miss Mahoney totally. so now he has to become the traditionalist right. to counter Mrs. Garrett Mrs. being Garrett. the progressive sure and this is the time when they do give him a chance to just be in charge yeah and you realize oh he's so often the buffoon in mm-hmm, charge mm-hmm. it was yeah, these were, these were good do. moments for him. He knew what to do. Let's get yeah. the sandbags. Well, like, let's do this. Let's do that. I understand why he is in charge of the school now. Correct. This yeah. is that definitely helps. It was hot. And um, in response to Blair saying he's a man, he's what does Tootie say? There's gonna be trouble. Yes. And you said it was what the third time that, that they is did the this? Third, time. third time. If you want to drop your Groucho duck in a make a ding 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 somewhere, 
in in your world of worshiping the facts of life, yeah. dear dear listeners, or listener in this case. Third episode, did, yeah, yeah, I didn't know and, that. And this is you. You're the one. You're the only one that's going to be listening to this right <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so then we go back to the dorm. This is where Nancy's on the phone with Roger, and the phone goes dead. Oh no! Yeah. Those girls and love that phone. They had one phone and all those girls in that one building is, I can't imagine. Well, um, I, I don't think that's, that is of all the improbabilities yeah. of all the issues I have. No, I just thought like the, the poor Mrs. Garrett having to deal with all the girls probably wanted to be on oh, the phone. You have one yes. phone. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's like, how did they use the internet if they didn't have access to the phone? Right. Uh, so... Natalie has a few good lines in here. Natalie, they're, they're getting, finding her. They're finding her. And I mean, of course, Natalie is one that I just always just relate to too. because I just I want thought Mindy she was Cone. funny. I have big cheeks, you know, she's, you know, I mean, it just, she was, <laughs> I, I always wanted to be Blair, but I was Natalie, like just in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to be Blair. I, I worship I, Natalie too. I yeah, want, but I was Natalie. Yeah. I, and Mindy Cohn in interviews and when you see her oh, yeah. hear her on Hilarious. other podcasts it's like she is the coolest I want Mindy Cohn to I be, want my to be friend, friend and so bad sidebar uh, you know back in the day with like 16 magazines 17 mag, whatever not 17 17. team bop or whatever all those were you know they had you know remember you used to be able to write fan mail and they had like the addresses of oh yeah sure yeah, yeah. PO box yeah, yeah yeah so I wrote one to Mindy Cohn and I said you know I've, I don't even know I was who knows? I was like 11, 12, and I was probably 10. And I said, you know, oh, you know, Mindy, you're my favorite on the facts of life, and you're so funny, and whatever, and you're so pretty, and da 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 da. And I wrote her a letter, you know, and not really expecting anything back. And sometimes you would get back, like, stamps, things with just, you know, from mm-hmm. the, the, like, they never saw the letter, you know, yeah, they yeah. came back from a picture of all a of them together. Letter. Yeah. But I actually got a black and white, uh, eight by 10 of her. Uh, and she was she was on the ground in Indian style. She had a guest shirt on with like a member back then. You'd wear like the the long thin ties, the bolo. Yeah, yeah, that was that what it called. Yeah. The bolo. Yeah. yeah, and then it's it's like a metal thing and like a shoelace. Yeah, yeah pretty much. You're from Texas. Uh, you don't yeah. know what a bolo is. Well, I, I, I see them like on cowboys, but I, but this was like this was like a, a trendy thing. Like a, okay, I like, mean they were tr- there was yeah. there was a brief moment, but it was like a it was like a, a cloth a flat. Like, oh, like a tie, like just a thin tie. Like it was okay. very eighties. Then that's probably not. Yeah. I'm, talking, no, I'm yeah. sorry, talking, I just fashion shamed you. Yeah, so, oh, I told you already. I was up. I'm a bad, <laughs> bad game. Uh, but uh, but uh, so I uh, but yeah. So it was her and her guest outfit, and it and it, it was actually her. She wrote me, and it said, "Paul." <gasps> it said, "Much happiness, Mindy Cohen." Do you still have it? Of course, I still have it. Please, do you have a scan of it? Please send it to uh, yeah, me, and I'll I, post I, it. It's in Texas, but I am going to Texas next week. So, oh my so god! I will, I will get it. I have to Obsessed see it. with it. I have I to still see have it. It's it. in an album. It's in an album. Like it's like protected. Oh my god! Under, take, or at least take a picture of it yeah, and text protected. me the picture, please. Yeah, it's like my prized possession. Uh, oh yeah. my god! And can you imagine as this kid. You know, little gay I kid in Ruffles, Texas, like freaking out when I got that in the mail. Wow! And a, a nice little flat protective folder. I yeah, am I so in awe of you right yeah. now. That's amazing. Paul, much happiness, Mindy Cohen. And <sighs> what's what's hilarious is, you know, um, every once in a while in our jobs, we have to sign things, you know, um, yeah. for people. At, at the theme yeah. parks we theme have. Parks, yeah. Yeah. And whenever anybody leaves the stages that we work at, there's usually a poster that we sign for the person that's leaving, costumer, or college program, yeah. costumer, whatever. And uh, I, I get so much shit because... I go, I just go, whoever it is, let's say the name's, girl's name's Karen. I go, Karen, much happiness, nah. Paul Padilla. <laughs> <laughs> and I 
had somebody say that's all you're gonna say is much happiness much and happiness. I had to go into my whole story well like well yeah it's that's what I do it's because Mindy, Mindy did it to if me. it's good enough for Mindy <laughs> if it's good enough it's for good enough Mindy Cohen it's good enough for Paul Padilla I love that Disney World never stop that Paul I mean Karen much happiness much Paul happiness. Padilla <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. awesome I still do that I can't wait to show it to you I cannot wait to see it <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome cool. yeah so uh, I forgot Sorry. where we were. We went off on a... That, that, that was a happy... They're, they're finding Natalie now. Oh. She has some funny yes, lines. Yes, they're finding Natalie. They, she's got some good zingers, some good one-liners. She's still... You can tell she's still fighting, yeah. laughing at her own jokes. Laughing at her own jokes. But I was... There were people who didn't realize that she was not experienced. Right. I forget. was episode seven. I was talking to... I think it was Mark Baratelli, where uh-huh. I said, this is episode seven. You are literally watching the seventh time she's been in front of a TV Ever. camera in a studio and, audience. And she says in interviews that she walked in the first day and didn't know what upstage was, downstage no. was, and that Kim Fields said, don't worry, I got your back. And that's how they became good yeah. friends. She's like, this is where you go, because Kim had been doing it, mm-hmm. you know, forever, and she was only 10. Yeah. And continuing the phenomenon of Mindy Cohn and why we so connect with her, The other than the dieting episode that we've already done, there she points out there was never a... a, a a commentary on her weight or her size or her level of attractiveness. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you had, number one, there was that. They didn't position her Mm -hmm. in that way ever in the writing. And secondly, the fact that she was so cheery, Mm happy-go-lucky, and confident. Yeah, and she said in the dieting episode, she's like, I don't want to be a pencil. I'd rather be a happy magic worker. You know what I mean? And so she was just confident. Natalie has a great line where she just she just says Roger is such a drip. Yeah, just a drip. And again, drip not a very 1980s teenager yeah. word, but it still it landed. It landed very well. It was raining and da, 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 da. again the rain yeah. and we mm-hmm. have a water themed. Right. And then Mrs. Garrett sends Cindy. Uh, no, she sends someone into the kitchen to get pots for the leaks in the roof right. or something. Right. And someone comes in and says there are no pots. There the are pots no are pots. gone. And Mrs. Garrett gets a very good joke. Mm-hmm. You, are you saying we don't have a pot to... And then she says something else. Fill, to fill put under the leaks. Yeah, put under the leaks. And then the audience to, loved it. Yeah, I mean, the, the audience other, loved it because they thought gonna, she was almost going to say... going to say piss in, piss, in 1980. 1980, that's, that's yeah. one of the George Carlin words. Right. You don't say that. Um, Cindy shows up completely soaked from head to toe. She had been in the basement. Yes. She was going to get her cleats because, you know, Cindy's a tomboy. And yeah. Her sports equipment's important right, to her. Right, right. And her shoes are soaked and she pours out the water the from water her shoes. And, and Mrs. Garrett says, no, nobody go to the basement. The fuse box is down there. Yeah. You could have gotten it's, electrocuted. It's Cindy. You could have been electrocuted. And then, <laughs> and then that horrible big uh, Molly Ringwald does like this really, what? <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. no one, go to the basement. Don't. And uh, no sooner does she say that, the power goes the out. The power goes out. And then, and Natalie gets the thing saying, well, at least we're not in danger of getting electrocuted no, in the basement. Natalie swimming in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, and there are co-ones where she does kind of a, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. She She's tries so that. Funny, naturally it's funny. For yeah. she is her comic timing is already yeah so naturally yeah. in her bones. And then and so when you get down to like the later seasons, she's she's on it. Razor she's bam, sharp. Bam, 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 bam. It's razor, hilarious. Razor yeah. sharp. Yeah. So then we get to 
um, back to the barn. And Mr. Bradley is now in his in his wife beater, and he's shoveling. Yes. And he's using the wheelbarrow and doing mm-hmm. manly things. Yes, and, Mr. Bradley. And uh, uh, interesting, I was I was checking him out too, as you were, and I'm going. He's he's built like I am. He's yeah. like he's skin, bones, and some tissue, not yeah. a lot of muscle. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I guess. And Blair does say, Mr. Bradley, I'm seeing a different side of you. And uh, Tootie, interestingly, uh, Tootie being the young one, not very focused on this stuff, but she's the one that says you're falling for him. Right. And then Blair is getting swoony. And um, then he comes up with the plan where he's going to put the girls on the horse right. and walk the horse through the shallowest part of the deep, the f- deep, deep, deep water. Water that he said was, I think he said was waist deep mm-hmm. when he got Which is there. Why then Tootie says, you've got wet underwear for us or something like that. Like yeah. You, you, uh, you get, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so Tootie on her, with her roller skates gets on the horse with her rabbits in their cage. Even though he tells her to take him off, but she doesn't, which I think is hilarious because you know, like she falls on the water. That's it. Like, yeah. She's, she's dead. She's dead. She's totally dead. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to the couple, these are actually kind of funny where he goes, okay, Blair and holds out his hands to her uh-huh. and she places her hands in, in his, his like hands. Disney princess right. style. Totally. And the audience is all, Ooh. yeah. And oh no, the audience doesn't woo there. They, they laugh. They laugh. But yeah. then he says, um, let's get up on the horse. Uh-huh. So he puts his hands on her waist to give her a boost up. And she hugs him. Hugs him, claps Full hugs him, yeah. and that's when the audience is all, ooh. ooh. And then he's like, I'm going to give you a leg up and all this. <laughs> and then as she's about to leave, she's all the way, she says, Stephen, if we don't make it. Yeah. And then she mouths, I love you. Yeah. And the audience just, yeah. And then off they go out the barn yeah. to meet their fate, whatever it is. Yeah. And we fade to commercial. Yeah, I want, the, I want the director's cut, like where you see them going across <laughs> the thing. You know, very dramatic. Uh, it, would be, it would be like Steven Spielberg's <laughs> War Horse, right? Yeah, yeah, only, yeah. Only not. Only not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're at the commercial break now. Okay. And we all know commercials are a great time to relax, stretch, right. go to the bathroom, get yeah. a bite to eat, and uh, ask our friends to talk about themselves. Okay. So Paul Padilla, yeah, give me the McDonald's tour of your life and career. Tell me where you were born and raised, where you went to school, and uh, what brought you to Orlando. Um, I was born and raised in New Braunfels, Texas. I am a proud in, in what Texan. town? New Braunfels, Texas. New Braunfels. Yeah, it's great. It's actually was like voted like the third best place to move to right now in the United States. Like it's great. It's a great place. Right, right yeah. now or when you were growing no, up? No, right now. Yeah, right now? Yeah. Like we've been discovered, which is kind of a thing. Oh, it's a great, okay. it's a great town. I love it. It's right between Austin and San Antonio, Texas. So okay. it's a perfect place to be. It's about half an hour each way. Uh, and so it's like right in the middle of that. So it's great. Uh, you can still have the small town values and small town feel, but can get to the big city if you need to go yeah. see a play or something sure. like that yeah so uh so yeah i grew up there went to catholic school uh and i loved uh i loved television you know mm. I, I i grew up uh, i was very very young when cable tv first started you oh, know what i mean yes. so when you go uh, i remember you know you had like the four or five channels that you would have to walk up yep. to you know uh and i remember i think it's kindergarten first grade i came back from school uh i lived very close to my grandparents house so and my grandmother got cable that 
that afternoon. Wow. And so I walked in and I turned on the TV and I remember the first thing that came on was the Flintstones was playing. Nice. And I was like, there's cartoons on a Tuesday afternoon at 3.30 playing oh. It's Not Saturday Morning. Oh, The okay. Flintstones are fucking on TV, you know, so that was it, you know. Um, and so that's what I would do. I'd come home. I couldn't wait to come home to watch... I love sitcoms. I love situation comedies. If, I mean, Alice and the Jeffersons and we, Facts yeah. of Life and Different Strokes and all those, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. And I I was just, one, you felt like you kind of have had a, like a family. You kind of yeah. knew the, who these people are, you know? You get to visit with them once a week. Yeah. And uh, the weekly doses were nice. It was absolutely. nice going back weekly as opposed to the binging, which... Binging has its benefits. I still can't binge, though. People get pissed at me at, at work because they're like, where are you at in this show? And I'm like, I'm still on season one. They're like, are you crazy? Yeah. And I, go, I just, I like, if I like a show, I want it to last as long as I can have it last. Yeah. So I give it like once or twice a week, I'll watch them. But I like yeah. to give everybody their due. And and I mean, the shows back then were made. You needed that sort of palate cleanse. Yeah. And honestly, the fact that we had a week to kind of forget stuff, they could get away with more. Oh, yeah things and more inconsistencies yeah. nowadays it's you yeah. know yeah. so where did you train to be a performer like did you study it in college I, I went to I mean I grew up you know uh, watching uh, sitcoms and uh, you know grew up uh, in the community theater of my hometown, mm-hmm. Circle Arts Theater, that just celebrated their 50th anniversary. Oh, my God. And I went to the big gala recently, a couple weeks ago, and had a great time. Had to sing Giants in the Sky that I hadn't done since I was 16 when I was in Into oh. the Woods there. And that was terrifying. I had to relearn the lyrics on the plane over to do it. Because I kept saying, I don't want to do it. Okay, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, yeah. I'll do it. Because uh-huh. it had some sentimental value. It was in a part about the founding director who's no longer with us and how she uh, was enforced me to... Uh, you know, as an actor, think about the words you're saying and not just, mm-hmm. I was, at the time, I was like, what do you mean? I'm doing it like the guy on the DVD or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm cute and I'm sounding pretty. And she goes, well, no, I don't want, I want you to have your own interpretation of it. I don't want you to just copy the guy. That's you a know? good so, director. Yeah, she's a fantastic mm-hmm. director. And so it was a story that I went on about how she always taught me, what she taught me. And so that's why I was like, well, I guess I should sing the song. So I just went back and did that, which was hilarious. Uh, um, and that's a lot of words. Oh, God. I was on the plane. That's a wordy song. I was on the plane with Vodka Soda, which is probably not the best thing but just trying to call my nerves to learn it. Yeah. I got through it. It was great, but I probably forgot the words already. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so yeah, so I grew up there, uh, went to, did, you know, the high school theater and stuff. And then I ended up going to back in 1993, back in the day to, uh, the American musical and dramatic Academy in New York oh. city. Yeah. Okay. And this is yeah. Lo- they're, yeah. they're good. This is a long time ago. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> we were, there were just, uh, one building with like a basement and uh, it was in the Ansonia hotel. And, oh, it was, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a little, it, yeah, it wasn't the big thing that it yeah. is now. For, for Which people I, not in the theater world, AMDA is kind of a big deal. It's huge to, now. To yeah. have gone to AMDA means right. you have got some chops. Well, it was, it was, it was. Now it's huge, but back then it was small. Which I'm actually really happy that I was there at the time. No, when it was such a small. Yeah. I mean, I was there at the same time that uh, like Jason Ray's was there and Jesse Tyler Ferguson was there, and uh-huh. so we were. You know, it was a good time to to be there, but. Um, so yeah, so I went to school there in New York, and uh, you know, uh, whenever I'd get homesick, I would. You know, watch some facts of life. Got to do that. I had yes. the VHS tapes that I would VHS record. Is, yes. <laughs> take those with me. I don't. Um, I don't have any of, of the facts of life, but I have a lot of other stuff that yeah. I record on yeah. VHS. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, and then uh, I was there for about seven years, and I lived in LA for a little while. And uh, but no, just decided at one at one point I would uh, always heard great things about be, uh, being an actor for Walt Disney World and uh, the Walt Disney Company. So I thought eh, I'll give it a shot. So I came down, didn't know anybody. Uh, I I knew uh, my 
my, uh, I call them my Florida parents, the parents of my roommate in New York City. Oh, okay. And so they lived in Winter Haven in a retirement community, oh, 55 and older community. Oh, so I lived there for six months with them and then I uh, didn't know a soul and I still go back quite often to visit with them and uh, just found my way to Disney, thank goodness. And so I've been there for 15 years. 15 years. Mm, wow. 15 years That's full time. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, I first, I, I don't remember how... I became aware of you. Did you did you do one of the um, uh, theme park divas at Fringe? Is that it? No, uh-uh, no. Uh, I don't know. I just would see you a lot, actually. We, there's, I, within the, the acting community in Orlando, particularly within the theme park actors, mm-hmm. we have so many mutual friends. Yeah, it's just one of those things. And between that and social media, Correct. I've seen you do yeah. stuff. Yeah. And we we became Facebook friends, and we were hey hey yeah because how are you see you? I, I think every time I've seen you, you've either been in something that I've seen you in at Mad Cow or you know Sluice mm-hmm. or something, or we were both at a show seeing the same friend yeah. doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I would see you afterwards. So and, yeah. we are, and that's that's so incredibly common yeah. here in is in Orlando. It's a big community, but it's a small community yeah. in that. It's there are people you consider your friends, but you don't really see them. You don't really know them. Right. Well, now you're not going to be able to get rid of me because I know you love the facts of life like I do. <laughs> I so it. you're stuck with me. But That's yeah. one of the reasons yeah. I did this is yeah. because you are exactly yeah. the you are the Johnny Bravo that fits the suit. Where yeah. I said, I know I have a lot of brilliant, hilarious friends. Yeah. I'd love to show and maybe put on a platform where people outside of Orlando might be able to. Yeah become familiar with them. But I've also thought, and there are so many people that I would love to have an excuse because sure. I wouldn't socially, I wouldn't just go say, Hey, out of the blue, yeah. Paul, come over to my house. Yeah. I'll feed you dinner and we'll watch TV. <laughs> really good mac and cheese, by the way. I, Amazing mac and cheese. I made my mac and cheese. It was so good. Yeah. I wasn't I, expecting that, but it was awesome. It's yeah. thank you. Yeah. I, I cut up hot dogs in it and it's because so I'm classy. And I don't cook, so I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this I is make reservations and take out. So. I uh, well I'm thrilled that yeah. you got the but chance. But of course to... it was amazing when I found out, like I said, I'd already said this, but still how cool it was that I was already excited about this podcast dropping, and then I realized it was you, uh, somebody that's I know that's in my town, then I that's why I had to email you and say yeah. What the hell? And Paul, you emailed me through the website. Mm-hmm. He wrote to facethefactspod yes. at gmail.com through the website. So he, I'm your you first are the first letter. person. <laughs> you are the first, my official fan letter. I'm going to frame you. I love it. And put you on the wall. Somebody That's send so me a dollar and I will frame that and put yes. it on a wall somewhere too. Somebody yes. send me a hundred dollars. Um, so that's great. So we are, you are the perfect example of why I want to do this podcast as an excuse to get closer to people and connect with people because we are all blessed to do what we do for a living, but it requires a lot of hustle, a lot of hours. Mm -hmm. And so often your closest friends are the people you work with the most. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you leave a job, you suddenly aren't as friendly with people because you're friendly with the people you work with just because that's, that's the nature of our, uh, of this life that we've chosen. Yeah. And uh, so I am thrilled to have you here. Well, I've thank you. I'm said so that. excited. So excited That's to be here. That's great. So now we come back from commercial. Okay. We've watched our hemorrhoid cream commercials. Yes. We've watched um, Rosie in the paper t- and Bounty oh, paper towels. She was awesome. Yeah. And uh, what's another great commercial from the eighty? We watched um, uh, Mrs. Olson talk about Folgers crystals. Right. Mm-hmm. This is Olsen. Yeah, those were great. Every once in a while on those videos of mine, you know, that I haven't watched in forever, but you would 
I, there would be something I forgot to pause it or something, oh. and you get to see the really great commercials of that of that time. Yes, you know? yeah. the, I remember like Tang and Annette Funicello with Jiffy. Is it Jiffy? Jiffy. Jiff. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and Sandy Duncan. Yes. For We Thins. Right. Yes. Right. All right. So we've watched all of our commercials, mm-hmm. and now we're back at the dorm, and somehow the power's back. Well, yeah, because you can't really have the power off, you know. Yeah, in a, so in the power's sitcom. back. Yeah. Natalie Thank is on God the phone. Thank God we got the power back, as Sue Ann said. Yeah, yeah, yeah good yeah, thing. That yeah. Natalie is on the phone and being like, oh, Roger, stop. Hilarious. And then Nancy Her comes moment. up. What are you doing? Why are you talking to Roger? Yeah, she's like, Roger, no, don't say that. What if Nancy were to find out? Yes, and, yes. and of course, Nancy has these big eyes. The actress has these huge eyes. Yeah. And she, oh, and she, yeah, that oh, was yeah. a, yeah. again, girl. That that's that look, that yeah. reaction. Yeah, that's what got you fired. Girl. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, but uh, yeah, but then, then you know, and then of course Natalie says, "I'm just kidding." The phone's still out, and then she cracks herself up, <laughs> yeah. and then plops herself down in the chair. Yeah. yeah, and I think that might have been a defense mechanism. I, I, I think in a perfect world, Natalie would have been. More sarcasm would have been, the phone's not working. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the idea yeah. is that, okay, since we can't keep her from laughing at right, a joke, just, we'll just say, just laugh at yourself. Just, it's a thing. <laughs> so just go yeah. f- commit 100%. Yeah, yeah. And it still works. Yeah. Because Mindy Cohen is awesome. She's awesome. And I want Paul, her to be my best happiness, friend. Paul, Mindy Cohen. Mindy Cohen. Paul, much happiness. Much Mindy happiness. <laughs> much happiness. And, and you know what? I would say that, Paul, your life... You have had much happiness. I've had a lot of happiness. I'm very lucky. And you owe all that to Mindy Cohen. Mindy Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, Yeah, you do. Uh, They get back. They make it back from Mr. Bradley and company make Mm -hmm. it back. Mr. Bradley and Tootie and the rabbits. Well, Tootie and the rabbits come in first. So they're back. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Bradley is lagging behind because he sprained. He hurt his leg, his ankle, his knee. Yeah. And so... Uh, Blair is helping him, and he's leaning on her, and she's saying, oh, you were so brave, and she's calling him Stephen. Stephen. And um, Roger and Horsebit. Oh, she thinks, uh, Nancy thinks it's Roger. There's like a, oh, there's there's a, a knock, sound, at, knock the door. at the door. And she's like, oh, Roger, That's he Roger. made it through the rain to come see me. And she opens a door, and it's Chestnut. It's Chestnut yeah. the horse. <laughs> That's the hilarious. Horse uh, so... Um, Mr. Bradley is puts his leg up, and Mrs. Garrett is like, "Okay, we got to check this out." Yeah, and we just learned in the previous episode, Mrs. Garrett is a registered nurse. Well, Mrs. Garrett is everything. Which Mrs. Is hilarious. Is yeah. anything they need her to be in any given moment. Yeah. This is sitcom writing in the eighties. I dated a guy from England for two years, and that's one thing. Of course, I had to do was school him on the facts of life because oh. he had never heard of it, and he, oh was, my God. he was younger than me, and he had never heard of it. And so, and I said, "Well, this is what we're going to be doing with with our, <laughs> with our evenings." And he—that's what he loved about it, and it would crack him up that Mrs. Garrett basically could do everything. Yeah. From she was a maid. Yeah, she's a den mother. Right. She flies planes. Flies planes. And she is a registered nurse. Yeah, and then she takes care of everybody. She's a dietitian. Yes. Uh, a baker. Right. A business, owns a Spencer's Gifts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. For lack of a different yeah. name. And, and then, it's like, but the thing that cracked him up is down the road in a couple of seasons there, there's like a suicide prevention episode. Yeah. And, uh, and Blair asked her, she's like, 
um, Mrs. Garrett, maybe we could set up something here, like a hotline for, for students that if they're having a problem, do you think you could help us with that? And Mrs. Garrett says, I'll make time. And I remember my boyfriend at the time could, I mean, I've never heard him wail. So, so he was like, what? He was like, you know, what do they bloody expect from this woman? She's like, she has, you know, she's like, how much time do <laughs> she they think everything. she has? I know. She, she doesn't does have everything. time to start a suicide prevention line. And he was cracking up and I just thought it was funny. But now he's a big fan and he got the DVDs in England. And so see, I did, I did some good there. You did some yeah. good. You brought it across the pond. I did. I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, so the thing is, Mrs. Garrett checks the ankle and she's like, oh, it's clear your ankle is broken. broken. She knows. She yeah. knows. Still does it. She just feels it in the boot. Doesn't look at it to see if it's swollen <laughs> yeah. or turning blue, whatever. Anyway, at this point, the, the episode takes a turn and I think a very nice one. Uh-huh. Mrs. Garrett says, well, you know. Since I mean, <laughs> since since he has a broken ankle, he's completely functionless now. Yeah, he can do nothing. Right. So therefore, girls, we're in charge we're in now. Ch- we've got to save Eastland. We're going to save Eastland. <laughs> Molly comes down saying she has been able to contact the National Guard With her through walkie talkie. Yahoo. So um, it's great. They're going to come. Mister Bradley says good. Yeah. You guys can all get saved. We can all be taken out in a go big. Go get your stuff. Tank, Only what's important. Get your stuff. And Mrs. Garrett is like, "No, we mm-hmm. need to save Eastland mm-hmm. because we can do it. We can do it." And he's like, "Oh no, girls, you, you've got to." He he basically pulls rank on her and says, "No." Yeah. He and he's entitled to do that. He's done that before. So then they go up and start getting their stuff, and Blair offers to massage his knee. Right. And to another massage my knees. Dear audience from 1980, so inappropriate. So inappropriate. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Um, She calls him Stephen. And and this is a very lovely little exchange where she says, Stephen, can I help you with something? And he says, "Um, Blair, I don't think you should call me Stephen. Mm -hmm. And she says, what? We're alone. Mm -hmm. And he says, especially Especially. when we're alone. I wish I thought was, thank thank goodness. Hallelujah. Because for how many Me Too moments, for how many inappropriate teenage girls, for how still underdressed many of them are, even in the rain, um, that was a very good moment of of levity, of 100% correct Appropriateness where an adult is being the adult and responsible and telling her. And then, and thank goodness they got some better writers to come in and take the girls out of their sexy, wet outfits. Exactly. (laughs) Not appropriate. Um, So he argues it's not love, it's hero worship. Mm -hmm. And he says, You were just a scared little girl, and I came and rescued you. And she's like, I was not scared. And he's like, yes, you were, and blah, blah, She's blah. Like, okay, she maybe says, I was a little frightened. We could have gotten out. And he said, Blair, I saw it in your eyes. You were a frightened little girl. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I'm not a little girl. Stop saying that. And very quickly, she's mad at him, and I don't love you anymore, mm-hmm. like happens on television. Mm-hmm. So He she, knew what he was doing. So she officially Smart declares man. that her crush on him is over. Um, and then when all the girls come down with their bags and stuff... Um, it's what's all the shouting down here. And she says, well, I'm mad at Mr. Bradley because he's talking and acting like women can't take care of themselves. Like Mm -hmm. we needed him to rescue us. And they're like, what? And he says, well, you're twisting my words, Blair. What I'm meaning is 
women should be aware of their limitations. Ooh. Ooh. And then in comes the National Guard. And Some I'm guy sorry. With, a, with an accent, a big nose, which I like big noses, but that's yeah. fine. No, yeah. he, was, he wasn't he was, bad looking. Yeah, he, was he, was, he was big nose attractive, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, but he had, he had a big, hey, you guys the ones yeah. that I got to take out of the yeah. school here. And I'd be like, yes. But he, yeah, had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a very bada boom, yeah, bada exactly. bing, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, he would go on to birth all of the children on Jersey Shore. Yes, yes. Um, so he's in the National Guard, though, so he's trying to better himself. Yeah. So what we come down to is Mrs. Garrett saying, look, we can stay and save the school, and we want to do it. And Mr. Bradley is, well, I have to help you, and Mrs. Garrett throws his words back at him. You have to know your limitations. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what ends up happening is they send him away because he needs medical attention. Because he has a broken ankle. Because he has a broken ankle as diagnosed by registered nurse Edna Garrett. <laughs> Edna Garrett. Um, N- nurse Garrett. Uh-huh. That was the next spinoff series they were going to promote. Yeah. And um, then Blair thanks him. What is, how is, in what context does Blair thank like, him? Thank you, Mr. Bradley. Um, for saving for us? For saving us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is a, a, a nice little... Thank you. An mm-hmm. appropriate, like... But of we, course, he's being held by yeah, the National Guard. The being emasculated, being yeah. held by this dude. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, so after I go get him, am I going to need to come back for any of you's goyles? Mm-hmm. And of course, it's like, no, we're going to save Eastland. And Sue Ann's like, come back. Come back, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, to to hilarious right. extent. Um, so they, they decide, nope, they're not going to. So Mrs. Garrett... Just she goes into batten down the hatches mode, mm-hmm. and you know you go start uh, emptying out the bailing out the cellar. Right. You go and get some sandbags. You get right. the wheelbarrow. You get a shovel. Tootie runs up the stairs on her skates. On her skates, and then um, she mentions uh, someone go and get a plunger. Yes, um, and Blair. She tells Blair to go get the plunger. And the final joke of the episode. Got it. And she's going up the stairs and she stops and turns back to Mrs. Garrett and says, Mrs. Garrett, what is a plunger? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Blair. Blair. You then, white yes, privileged bitch, bitch. You. <laughs> And then, of course, Mrs. Garrett does that whole, like, oh, Blair. And then she, like, trip, does, like, it a kick, swats her. kick in the air. And then that's where they freeze it. Yeah, there, she's about Charlotte to kick her. That's right. just hilarious. About to and, kick her in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the last episode, Blair didn't know who Curly Larry and Moe are. Oh, right. Who's Curly Larry and Moe? Who's Curly Larry and Moe? Yeah. It's like, bitch, you are not yeah. that. Yeah. You are not that far away right. from, I don't believe it. Right. And in this case, you do have to say, you know, what is the response to Mrs. Garrett? What's a plunger? She'd be like, it's the thing you use when a sink <laughs> or a toilet is clogged, clogged or up. backed up. Right. Which is something that has nothing to do with what is happening right now. Right. Other than it is related to water and it's, a, it's an order I could shout out. It's a, yeah. To create this joke for our final tableau. Oh, Blair. Oh, Blair. You know, and... and so, I can't believe you don't do a Mrs. Garrett. You are what? so obsessed. I, 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 I think it's out of respect. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, I just... Everybody else, you know, everybody else does it, you know. Uh, I, uh, but, you know, but side note, 
I did once beg and beg and beg because Lisa Welchel came through San Antonio, Texas, <gasps> the Municipal Auditorium. Because she's from Texas. And she had an album, a Christian album, uh-huh. and she came to sing it. Yeah, God, Please Kill All the Facts. Something like that. It was like a that. great yeah, album. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was, mm-hmm. too, it was, yeah, they had some tunes. And uh, <laughs> But I begged my parents. I was like, you have to take me to see it. And uh, then they did. And I just remember, at Municipal Auditorium, I saw Lisa Welchel, a full concert oh, uh, of her Christian music. God. What year? How, like, was oh, this during God. the show, after? Oh, yeah, it was, the show was on the air at the time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think we're probably, uh, probably like, which is personally my favorite, like the Edna's Edibles yeah. season. Season, that would yeah. be, that would be seasons five and six. My, personally my yeah. favorite. But uh, just because I was always hungry and the food looked good and I wanted <laughs> croissants all the time and I wanted chocolate croissants and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I got to go see the concert and um, she had an album. I got the album and wow. yeah, you know. I so. wonder if her album's on uh, Apple. I haven't even looked on Apple Music. I don't think it's on Apple Music, but it, it is on, like you can get it on like YouTube. You can just listen to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. pretty bad. Sorry, I'm, Lisa. But I do, I mean, this is... Uh, the, well, 2001 was during uh, when they had the reu- reunion movie. That yes, came out. 2001, yeah. And I was on a tour, uh, and we were, it, was, uh, it was a bus tour, a bus and truck tour. And uh, I remember my roommate at the time, John, uh, he uh, knew that I loved the facts of life, knew that I loved it. And he had, had some loss. He had lost his father in the, during 9-11. And, uh, but we were, and this was right, directly right after that. We, started, wow. we, we, were, we went on tour September 17th of 2001. <gasps> And so, yeah, it was very fresh. And we became very close. And he was my roommate on tour. And, you know, and he just, he he, he knew it was really important to me. And I was mm-hmm. there for him during a tough time. So he took it upon himself to talk to the drivers, to talk to the equity cast, to forego their break so that we could get to the hotel in oh. time, too, so I could see the Facts of Life reunion episode. That is so sweet. <laughs> so everybody, the cast, like, didn't have their breaks or anything. And we all just that drove through so, so that Paul could see the Facts of Life reunion episode at the, like, Embassy Suites that we were staying at. And it was... Not the best, but it was hilarious that when it was over, like the hotel phone just started ringing, and I every all of the actors were like, "What the hell <laughs> did we give up our lunches for? Like, what was it?" Everybody was watching it because they had to see this thing that I had to make. It, yeah, you know, and yeah. it's like, oh, and that wasn't very good, was it? Um, it's hoping for a reboot. You never know. Yeah, there's yeah. I, there was talk. There's there was talk. an episode, talk, uh, yeah. an article rather that was a talk yeah. about a reboot. Um, so that's the end of the episode. The thing I typically cap off with is name a show right now that you are very into that you are watching or have watched a, a contemporary show. Uh, or maybe an old show that you've recently reacquainted right. yourself with. Um, I don't, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of like situation comedies, which I love that I'm really into. Anymore. Do you watch like Modern Family or Big Bang Theory? Or I do. I watch Modern Family. Uh, I love Modern Family. I, I do. I do. I really like it. Uh, I... But there isn't anything like like uh, I ever experienced with Facts of Life. Or, no, you know, Golden and Girls you know, and the three like camera sitcom is is essentially dying. It when is. Big Bang Theory goes off the air, yeah. we we had How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory. I think right. were the last two. Everything is a single camera sitcom now. Yeah, I've been very dramatic lately, so I'm watching like Ozark on Netflix, oh, okay. which is fantastic. Is it good? And yeah, it's very great. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, yeah dramas and stuff, but. Uh, but I still watch the facts of life. I mean, uh-huh. every day I know it sounds crazy, but oh. you know, it's how I go to sleep because I, if I, unfortunately, I'm also a news junkie, and that can get oh. real depressing, and anxiety I'm can sorry. set in real quick. But I've just always enjoyed the news and uh, interviews and stuff. So I do get you know into 
so that I can sleep at night. You I unwind. Unwind with, uh, you know, Golden Girls, life. little facts of life, and uh, a bowl of cereal before I hit the sack every night. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, well, 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 real quick, uh, one thing that I, that I will say that this series was very comforting for me as a child, as, you know, a young gay uh, man in Texas. You know, I have, mm. I have fantastic parents, and they were always great, but uh, didn't always really, couldn't always find my my group, true. you know? So uh, true. If, if I wasn't in the, this is before I got into community theater or whatever, I was just a kid, you know? And uh, all my cousins would play outside, and I wasn't a good football player or mm. whatever, anything like that. So, you know, I, I would... A lot of times they were older than me, so I'd have to just kind of entertain myself and with whatever. So uh, they were like my friends. They were my family, and I really enjoyed spending time with them. They made me laugh. And uh, it did get to a point, though, where my parents did only allow me to watch like one or two episodes like oh. per day because I was like just watching it all wow. the time. Yeah. So they were like, okay, you can get two night. And <laughs> that's all you my, get. <laughs> I, my mother yeah. was, uh, I had parents who threatened but never followed through. Mm-hmm. My mother was always, I'm getting a lock for that television. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get a lock for that TV yeah. to limit because I was watching so much of it. And so much of it reruns. And again, sitcoms, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company. Right. And, One Day at a um, Time was fantastic. What, and, yeah. Oh, have you seen the reboot of One Day at a Time? It's fantastic. It is so good. It's even The season two is even better than season one. Like, they got I, their stride. And I only just, got a few episodes into the first season, and it just there's just too much content, and I yeah. fall behind, and then I start watching. Yeah. Um, There's just so much stuff. Yeah, it's but crazy. It's, that is I, one that I love. I like. I haven't touched Orange is the New Black, and yeah. that new season yeah. has been out for a while. Yeah. And I did get into Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Which is fantastic. And I did get Barry on HBO. Oh, I hear that's great. Barry is fantastic. I binged that, that in one day. I've been homesick yeah. the last couple of weeks, and I binged Barry in one day. Oh, it was I have to watch so it good. for sure. Yeah, but no, One Day at a Time is fantastic. Yes, Rita and that's Marino old school. That's, it's still in old school, three-camera audience film theater apartment, sitcom. Like, they'd same apartment, yeah. just a different family. It's it, The writing is fantastic. Yeah, you but know, a Latino I, family yeah. with a daughter and a son mm-hmm. and the grandmother. Rita Moreno is fan fucking tastic. And they are are they Mexican? They're, they're Cuban. They're Cuban. Yeah, yeah. I know they're not Puerto Rican because right. Rita Moreno's Puerto Rican. I remember right. thinking she's not playing right. quite exactly. The writing is fantastic. And I am, you know, I am a Latino and I uh so proud of the writers because yes. it's done very well. Season two, as they just take off even better, even more than they did. Season oh, well, I got to get back to it now. It's I didn't fantastic. even realize. Yeah, it's but really I, good. I liked what little I saw of it, and I was like, "What? Why would you bring? Really? Yeah, you know, of yeah. all shows, you know, and I really didn't think right. it would have any legs, and it was great. Yeah, it's a great show. I'm so proud that they're that it's a success and they're going to have season three starting in January I think I can't okay I got it that's back on the list yeah got to get back to yeah. it too much content it's a lot yeah the it's Philip Nolan called it the tyranny of choice it's a lot it is so on that note we need to stop talking and get back to our TVs where we belong David, thank you so much for having me here. Thank I had you, Paul. a blast. You automatically you're invited back. I hope I can be a returning guest. I would and, love for um, you to be a yes. returning guest. Season one people are automatically invited back. Because okay. like I say, you get the Correct. privilege of coming back when the show gets good. Yes. And yeah. then and I may have to make it that you also have to come back in one of the last seasons so you get yeah. You, so you take the good, you take the bad. Bad, yeah, yeah, absolutely. and take them both. Yeah. And I, you know, and and once the season is over, I mean, this is you know, trial by whatever. It's you know, growing pains. But once the season is over, there's something about every season that I love. Uh, yeah, till the show ends abruptly, but still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is the without question, and I know I realize 
at one point, Mark Baratelli said to me, do you feel bad that you like this show? Uh-huh. And I was like, no. no. I said, right now, I'm shitting all over it because season one was so right. unfocused. Yeah. And it was everything that was bad and wrong about sitcoms. But season two, it's like, hang in there. Well, hang and I in told there. all the people I work with at Finding Nemo the Musical that I was coming here today to talk to you. And Everyone they, knows? And yes, because they know I talk about my life all the time. <laughs> so they were so happy that I had a place to come to because they know oh. they know how I feel about it. They said, like, hey, like, what'd you do last night? And I go, oh, I moisturized and did a face mask and watched Castle Life. <laughs> so they're happy that I'm here with you, David. So I, yeah, am I have a place so to be. thrilled. Yeah. I know so, like, again, typical Orlando community. I know so many of yeah. the people who work at Nemo. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. So send them my love. I and I hope, I hope they are listening right now. Yes. Oh, I'm going to tell them all to listen. I was going to say, or, or, or if you played at full blast in the green room I'm on your breaks, they oh, will they're have gonna, to. They're going to be listening. Of course. Thank you so much, darling. Thank you, David. We'll see you You're back awesome. soon. And there you have it, Paul Padilla. He is such a sweetie and arguably more obsessed with the facts in life than even I am. And yet he doesn't do an impression of Charlotte Ray. I'm not sure I believe him. If I ever go to his house, I am digging in the closets because I will bet he has got a big poofy red wig somewhere in there. Anyway, that's all for this week's show. Let's Face the Facts is produced, edited, hosted, and catered by David Almeida. That's me. Check out our website, facethefactspod.com. That's where I share a lot of fun pictures, related videos, and extra sound bites rescued from the digital cutting room floor. There are also links to contact me via email and social media. Here's a special teaser for next week. I'm going to be watching Season 1, Episode 10, entitled Adoption. And I'm really excited about it because I am adopted. And I'm going to be joined by my also-adopted friend, Megan Maroney. I cannot wait! I am so excited! Anyway, I've got to say it every time. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thank you for listening, and remember... The facts of life are all about you.